I'm Agnes Kurtzels. I'm Whitney Winter. And my name is Claire Horning. You're listening to the Agnology Podcast. Welcome to the Agnology Podcast. Today uh, is one of our is is our last podcast. We've had, or I've at least had a great time doing this podcast with Claire and Whitney. But we're planning on talking about you know how we got started, kind of taking it all the way back to the beginning, and how we got here, and just what we've what we've learned, what we've enjoyed doing throughout the whole process. So I guess I'll get us started. Way back when I first came to Wayne State in fall of 2020, we were all three in the intro to radio production class with Dr. Shauna Hearn. And we just were learning the basics of audio, really. We were learning how to edit audio. Of course, this was after the break from COVID, I guess, when everyone kind of came back to campus. And so we were all wearing masks and having to do a lot of extra steps in between recording and stuff. And we were learning about radio and everything. And Sean had talked to me and was like, hey, are you, you know, would you be interested in doing a podcast? Or has that ever been something like that interested you? And I actually came to North, or I actually came to Wayne after going to Northeast because I had an interest in, you know, talking about agriculture, advocating for it. I did enjoy podcasts. It was kind of during a time when podcasts were beginning to boom. It was becoming really easy to record and upload podcasts. And (laughs) I said, yeah, I would love to do a podcast, but I'm not going to sit in a room and talk to myself. I can't do that. I don't see myself doing that. And I had met Claire in several other classes we had, and we just happened to live in the same dorm room, too, or in the same dorm building and on the same floor. Uh, And I met Whitney in that class, actually. And I was like, if I can get these two in on it with me, I will do it. And so I think I asked Claire first because she was sitting next to me in class. And I was like, you're going to do it with me, though, right? And then I looked across and I saw Whitney and I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you live on a farm. You've talked about it, but and I yeah, I, my head, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I kind of, I kind of dragged him into it, but I don't know. I think it was willing participation. You didn't have to do a lot of convincing. I know I was always wanting to advocate for agriculture and educating was always something I've done throughout high school. I was an FFA, so that was one of the avenues I could use. And so when you decided to do a podcast, I hopped on that train. I was like, I don't listen to podcasts. I've never engineered audio, but like a new experience. But it was a platform I could use to educate people, not just people that I've met in person, like striking up a conversation, but people outside the U.S. We have listeners that aren't even on U.S. soil. Oh, it's my turn now. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to. Well, I sat by Agnes because she looked like she was nice. And back in the day, I was not the most social. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to sit by Agnes and I'm going to make one friend this semester because I was severely lacking. I was like, I'm going to try to be more outgoing. I'm going to try and do it because usually I am. But just the transition from high school to college was really difficult for me. So I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make one friend and I'm I zeroed in on Agnes and I was like that's gonna be my new friend and then she asked me and I was like yeah sure and then I made another friend Whitney so I got two friends out of this deal so I'm living my life (laughs) I think 
one of the hardest parts of just getting started was was being able to talk comfortably into a microphone and know like I'm, we're gonna have to record this and then we're gonna have to edit this like there was a lot of stuff that like was kind of intimidating especially for someone that like hadn't done anything with audio before I say one of the things that I it really drew me to podcasting was it gave me an opportunity to to talk to adults about agriculture I never really saw myself as being a teacher for like high school kids or middle school. Like at Northeast, I had joined, we were an ag ambassador. That's where I kind of got into talking about agriculture on a, on a bigger scale to like more people. And this gave us the opportunity to talk to a large crowd without standing in front of a large crowd, which was very helpful because I'm not really the outgoing person to go and like find someone to talk to. But this has really encouraged that. We've done so many interviews on this podcast in the previous seasons, if you will. (laughs) And so that's kind of opened that door for us. But the first step in podcasting was we had to come up with a name and... (laughs) And we kept like throwing around ideas, but it like it was over. It was over a break. I think it was over winter break mm-hmm. that we had decided we we're gonna start it. And yeah. so we were all texting over winter break, like we need to figure this out, and we need to figure this out, and this is what we need to do. There's and and we wanted it, like a catchy name. We kind of wanted to do a play on words, just because um, a lot of podcasts kind of do that. But we couldn't figure it out. And then Claire came through. Because it was like, I don't know. It's just, I'm just a wordsman at heart. I really am. <laughs> I like to think of things. But it just, it, it was nice because it worked because we're like spreading ag knowledge. But it also kind of sounds like acknowledge, like acknowledging the hard work that people do. So I was like, oh my gosh, that's it. That's amazing. I'm a genius. So then I texted you guys like right away. And I was like, I think I have it. <laughs> yeah. And then we had to come up with like a logo. We all kind of had our own ideas. And we we're like, well, I, I know I, we want this graduation cap to like represent like we're in college, you know, and we wanted animals, the farming scene, right? And then we had Whitney do do a graphic design of it on InDesign. A, on InDesign. Actually, I did it on Illustrator. On Illustrator. Oh. Yep. I My bad. One of them. <laughs> Something <laughs> Adobe related. Yeah, I knew it was Adobe. But yeah, I created all those elements and I wanted to incorporate, like you said, the graduation cap because we were still educating ourselves as well as other people. We have the wheat for the grain. We have the different types of livestock. We have the pasture slash field field, and just wrapping that all up with like a little bow on top was our way of trying to represent all we wanted to talk about and educate people with with a logo that someone could see and be like, oh, that's the Ag Knowledge podcast. And then we obviously had to put in the KWSC 919 logo in the bottom to represent, like, we're with the radio station on campus here. Uh, and then we had to decide where we actually wanted to go with the podcast. We knew that we wanted to interview like professional or agriculture professionals and people in the industry, uh, especially around, you know, Wayne and surrounding areas. Mm -hmm. And I think that was one of, at least for me, one of the most nerve wracking parts 
It was a little bit easier because obviously some people we already had connections with or previous relationships, but it was just kind of scary to like reach out to new people that we hadn't talked to before and just kind of put feelers out because I mean, obviously you're like, I don't want to get completely rejected, but most people were very nice and they were really easy to talk to about stuff, which was a really good experience because it kind of got you over like the, oh my gosh, this person, like, I don't even know them. What are they going to say? So it was just a really good way to kind of take that nervousness down because now I feel super comfortable like interviewing people for news writing or whatever articles it's just easy to shoot them an email and say hey this is what I'm doing are you interested at all if not that's totally fine but we just thought we'd reach out so yeah this process was an easy transition from me working with a newspaper back home and being on the journalism side of the school so Reaching out to people was kind of a second nature to me, but actually figuring out what specific ideas we wanted to elaborate on with that, you know, short interview because our podcasts were only an hour and that was edited down. So just trying to figure out what topics to hit on was something I had to really realize, like, this is something we could do at a later time, but this is definitely what we need to cover. Yeah, and that was another thing, like... Claire was mostly the head of like figuring out what topics we would talk about on certain days because so we all yeah we all kind of had different jobs that we just delegated so basically I I mean we all wrote the proposal together but I mean we kind of did that together as a group in radio production but then I kind of made the schedule of like this is what we're going to do this day and we kind of had a rotation of who was going to reach out to interview who and what ideas we had and then Agnes does most or all of the editing we only edit when she's sick or unable to because <laughs> she's the best at it um oh, thank you yeah so and then Whitney's just kind of our social media yeah she does all yeah. the social media she did the logo she did the t-shirts she does the, all like the branding promotion stuff so yeah but it's just kind of nice that we can all like delegate stuff to what we're good at because like I'm a planner I like to make lists I like to do that stuff Agnes is good at the editing I think she likes to do it sometimes it gets boring and repetitive yeah but sometimes <laughs> the editing it especially at the beginning when we were like really nervous yeah so we didn't know how to talk into a microphone so yeah at the beginning it was a lot more editing (laughs) because there was a lot more like ums and pauses and just stuff that we had to work on and got better at but now it's mostly taking out all the laughter and just goofy stuff (laughs) yeah there's a there's still some instances where Claire and I will say obviously that's what, yeah my mom pointed that out to me she's like she's like you and Agnes you always say obviously like every five minutes and I was like okay noted <laughs> we'll work on that we'll say obviously um we'll also say like multiple times in a row just because we'll be like like your, that your brain's <laughs> just buffering right like we're, we're talking faster than we're thinking about mm-hmm. the topic yep. And Whitney will usually just say, um, in between words. Yeah. And so I have to go between the words and cut them out. <laughs> I think I've done better, haven't yeah, I? You've yeah, you've gotten better because you'll, you'll say them at the beginning and then take a pause. <laughs> but, Easier for editing. Yeah, but like at the beginning, it was like an hour for the listeners. We usually record about an hour and a half for an hour podcast. Yeah. At the beginning, we were recording almost two hours just to get one hour of audio 
because there were so many pauses, so many mess ups and blurbs and stuff that I would have to take out. Usually for however much time we record, I'm usually editing double that. Mm -hmm. Or I was at the beginning, especially. But now, you know, I've got it down to where we might record for an hour and a half, but it'll only take me two hours or, and and I say only, but that's a significant (laughs) cut down from what it was before. But yeah, at the beginning, that was, that was a little bit rough because I, yeah, I remember after the first couple podcasts, (laughs) Agnes comes in and she's like, okay, you're going to talk into your microphone. Like I'm so over it. You guys, it was so bad to edit the last time. We're like, okay, we're sorry. We'll fix it. (laughs) Well, that's because we would always look at each other, Claire and I, and then we would trail off from the mic. Because we're like talking to each other, not into the microphone. And it's so hard to have a conversation because right now I'm talking to Whitney, but I'm staring at my microphone and Agnes who's across from me. So it's just like a little bit awkward to get used to. And so we always practice, like even without recording, we would always speak into the mic with a normal conversation. Conversation. Yeah. And I know Claire was doing that at the very beginning after Agnes Yeah, I do that. Us. I do that all the time. So for current event episodes, we'll be like looking stuff up on the computer, like for articles and stuff. And so I will like just have my microphone where it normally is. And whenever I have to say something, I'll lean over and say it into my microphone so I can remember that that's where I'm going to. <laughs> yes. For me, it's not so difficult because Claire's microphone is different from Whitney and I's. This is on, I don't know what it's called, but it, it's, it's like an arm. An, yeah, it's yeah. on an arm that's mounted on the table. So we can kind of hover around it where Claire's is actually just a movable mic. Yeah, mine's on, just on a stand. On a stand on the table. So hers, she can't take very far with her. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. um, otherwise it would be loud and Agnes would yell at me that she had to edit it out. <laughs> but, you know, I've got so more used to Adobe Edition just through editing. Mm-hmm. And I'm always looking for ways to beat it up or fix the audios and stuff faster. And I've gotten pretty good at it, I would like to say. Um, when you go back and you listen to our first, you know, <laughs> three or four episodes compared to now there's a a very big difference but yeah yeah definitely I know even just last week or the week before I was editing a interview and I was just like I cannot get these levels right because there was one person leaning back from the mic so there was an echo and I was like I was right up against my mic with the normal levels and it was just so different it almost looked like a heartbeat they would start out loud at the beginning of the sentence and they would trail off start out loud and trail off and I was just like I need to fix this because the people were traveling and I was like oh I can't get a second interview I need to salvage this and so I was probably an hour or so trying to do researches like what can I do to heal all of these imperfections and it finally I finally found out how to do it and I was just like okay I gotta write this down and give this to Agnes (laughs) because there's even sometimes this is our third season and there's still times where we slip up and we're just like off our mic and we're just like we need to fix that yeah because it's like a good part of the podcast is not something with just a blurb where we can just cut it out. Mm-hmm. It's really funny though because like when we were just in radio production me and Agnes would do a lot of the stuff together so I'd be like I think you do it this way and then we were like trying to figure out how to use audition together and now it's really funny because last semester the radio production class um, one of the girls in it called me and she's like how do I do this? It's not working. It's not working. And I was like uh hold on Agnes can you help Elena? <laughs> yeah that was a lot of it, it's fun to it's fun to teach other people that like Elena she called you and was like I don't know what to do and you're an upperclassman and you've had experience yeah so like I could have helped her with like the basic stuff but she was having trouble like saving something and I was like yeah that's beyond me dude I'm gonna turn you (laughs) over to the expert (laughs) 
I like having the experience that we have with the podcast and doing it outside of class and then having those new connections that we can use from this point on, like several professors we've interviewed, even professionals around Wayne. And then if we need something, we've had that contact already through this podcast and we can use that with whatever endeavors we have in the future. Yeah, I know... Like during our our first season, a lot of people were still getting COVID because mm-hmm. during during our intro class, you Whitney was under Whitney missed so much. I missed a month. <laughs> she was three. yeah, she yeah. was gone for a long time. I missed so much, and I wasn't able to edit anything. My production was literally through my laptop, and I and I have a Mac, so I think I was using like iMovie to edit the audio, even though it's a video yeah. software, and just not be able to be here on campus being able to learn through the actual production class was kind of a hindrance but I worked through it I do a lot of audio engineering now with uh, I'm in a film class and we just did a scene and I was uh the point of uh doing all of the audio production a lot of our interviews did take place you know over zoom or we would have to take a a mic out with us yep my first interview was with my professor at (laughs) northeast yeah agnes kind of struggled with that one (laughs) i i took the zoom mic with me but my sd card had too many gigabytes it wasn't yeah because we were told like a different one for a different class and then that's the only one we had so it was a little bit of confusion with the sd cards so i ended up recording on my phone and that was fine like i have it it was a newer phone at the time so my mic was great honestly but it would pick up everything Mm -hmm. it didn't matter what i did but it would it would pick up either really well at times or really poorly at others just because of you know we were talking at a table and if he you know turned to look at his computer or something it would it would go out or if I looked away or something it would pick up something that was definitely a learning experience yeah I think my first interview was over zoom and so I just took my laptop and I had it here in like the soundproof room and that had really good audio with it yeah and that was good because like both like you and the person you interviewed both had a good mic on your Mm -hmm. computer because like when I interviewed someone on zoom you could tell my computer had a poor microphone (laughs) because I would I actually had to go through and then I cut up the audio recorded my questions like here in this in the in the room and then had hers play and then I would answer or I would ask the question again just so that the audio was better <laughs> better or at least somewhat consistent <laughs> otherwise like there was one time you went to the high school here yeah I went to the high school with a zoom mic and that wasn't the best audio just because like the zoom mics are just a little bit difficult to work with because there's like different directions that they go and just the setup that we had wasn't like the most ideal situation because we were just in a classroom and I just had it set up on a table and there was a dog so he kind of kept like going under the table and so it would bump sometimes and like jostle the microphone and and it was right next to the gym wasn't it or you were above the no gym or Whitney something? was talking to the kids like right next to us yeah. so oh, I was okay. doing the presentation to the yeah Whit- Whitney kids. was entertaining and I was doing the interview and we we're in the same room so it kind of got a little bit noisy at some point but it, it wasn't even like that you could hear what you were saying it was just like a muffled it was just background. like the extra yeah, yeah. it was um, a consistent extra background noise yeah and so that was probably like one of the one of the hardest ones to edit for me because I was like I have to cut out this whole part and I felt bad because it was it's a good interview. You just couldn't hear half of it. 
So we had Claire, you know, tell us what she said. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. <laughs> it was just bad at some points, but yeah, we got a lot out of that still. Just a couple of questions you couldn't hear very good. So, mm-hmm. what was your first interview, Whitney? Do you remember? Uh, I think most of think. yours have like come here in person. I would say I think it was season two. Was it? No, you, you had to have one. You had to have one, and we're rotating because think. we did our season wow. one was the easiest because we all had pretty free schedules. So like this past season, we have had little to no interviews just because of time constraints. We all have way too many classes and work and everything else just because yeah. we're graduating. But like the last couple of times, we usually would like rotate. So someone would have a topic or an interview, and if for some reason something couldn't get lined up, that's kind of when we did the current event episode or if there was something like really pressing happening or if the interview maybe didn't go as long as we thought it would yeah and then we would break up the episode into like two parts kind of which it it worked out and it it really fit with our schedule really well like claire said this just this semester and the and last semester it was really difficult to find a time that worked with the person we were interviewing and then also our schedule just to record what was also very difficult was I would record or I would edit the podcast that same week mm-hmm. that it would go out and now we record and then I edit the next week yeah. and then it's we out kind of do week. a week in advance just to give some cushion <laughs> it, and give me enough time to or at least give me a time frame of like here's some time to edit because it's a little it. bit yeah it's a little bit nicer for Agnes because she used to have to do it just like all in one sitting basically to get it done on time and now she can like have a little bit of extra time if she needs to take a break or um, she doesn't feel like doing it all in one day. Just a little bit easier on her. Season one. (sighs) (laughs) That's another difficulty we have is just outside noise. So we're in the soundproof, but you can still hear if like the radio outside is turned up too far or someone's stomping around. So since I'm closest to the door, I usually go outside and I'm like, hey, (laughs) quiet down. (laughs) We're busy. (laughs) And just finding time when other people aren't in the room um because we do have a schedule now but like our first season not many people stuck with the schedule just because it it was so like broken apart I guess like yeah that some people would just take advantage of that and accidentally go over time and I mean we have two up here but there's only one that works for us because there's three of us and the other room only has two mics Mm mm-hmm and the other room, the table is also a lot higher, so it's more hard for me to do stuff on, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember my first interview was the one where we talked to Dr. Devwitt and then Liz Vile yeah. with uh, the Agriculture Communications degree and also uh, Agriculture Communicators of Tomorrow or ACT Club. So that would have been my first one. So that was here in the studio. So I didn't have a problem with that. But what was your guys' favorite episode from our first season? From our first yep. season? I, you know, I'm going to have to say it was with Dr. Robert Noonan, from the professor from Northeast that I interviewed, just because it was good to talk to him again, because obviously COVID had hit and I didn't get to go back to college and I didn't get, or at Northeast, and I didn't get to graduate with all of my friends there. So it was nice to go back and talk with professors that I hadn't seen and, you know, quite a long time Mm -hmm. 
I liked our Center for Rural Affairs episode because we did it um, later. We did it later in the spring, so it was one. It was one that sounded super nice. It was one of our better ones, just because it sounded nice. We were kind of in our groove at that point. It was a really good and relevant interview. So I think that was my favorite one. That was a really good one too. Mm-hmm. I think I would agree with that. That was my favorite. The Center of Rural Affairs and our mental health episode. Mm-hmm. I don't really remember what we did in season two, but season two we did harvest safety. We talked to Cindy Bryson about GMOs and diets and nutrition. We also talked about irrigation, water management, uh, and then I talked to Catriona Cohen with Grossenberg here in Wayne. Oh, I liked the Pheasants Forever one. Yeah, that was my favorite. I think that was really good. With Harley Phillips. Yeah. I liked that one too. I liked the GMO one. That one was the one with the Zoom call with my poor audio (laughs) so I had that one took a while for me to just edit just because my computer did not have a good audio but I don't know I all of those topics were really good um sometimes we hit you know topics more than once but I think that's okay too because as we continue we read more articles and we get more you know uh insight on that topic but the irrigation one really sticks out to me because you Claire did that one. Claire led that one, and she did a good job of, like, explaining the different types of irrigation and why it's important for um, Nebraska. Yeah, and we also talked about water management, which people in Nebraska know that we're in the middle of a drought. And so just being able to manage your water wisely and also watching for like runoff of your fields and making sure that your water sources are clean and healthy, Mm -hmm. especially if you're also using that water for livestock. Yeah. Um, This season, I liked that I got to just rant about ag gag laws. My favorite by far was the 50 states. (laughs) Those are those are pretty good. We too. just had a lot of fun talking about those. But I think the taxidermy one was really fun because we were looking up like bad taxidermy examples. <laughs> oh, we were cracking up doing that too. And I think that one was also really good for Whitney since she was really passionate about it. So that's why I kinda wanted to start it off with that because I was like First of all, it's so early in the semester, it's going to be hard to line up an interview. Second of all, we have a resident expert on it anyway, so <laughs> let's go for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like doing the taxidermy episode just because there aren't a lot of avenues I can educate people about taxidermy because a lot of people just think, you know, you have this animal, you can stuff it. It's not just that. It's a lot of conservation. And we also had a 10-minute gag reel with laughter with that episode yeah there was so it was just claire and i making fun of the bad taxidermy lion that we were talking about in it and then i i continued to make her laugh because i showed her a bad taxidermy of i think it was an otter but you couldn't tell what it was and it was just so bad there was one of like a wolf too and its nose was all like crooked and smushed (laughs) like it's oh that was bad Oh, oh man, really yeah. This this season, I kind I've enjoyed really all of them. They've all been really good quality, and mm-hmm. they've all been topics that you know we've been passionate about. And then we also you know we also talked about with the invasion into Ukraine because that was a really big like breaking news um, thing and how it will affect agriculture. Uh, I think it was in season season two 
where we talked about the John Deere protests mm-hmm. that are the wage protests that were going on. I, I'm pretty sure that was. Yeah, there was like, you. yeah, we had like three updates on that, I think, throughout yeah. on different episodes. But just talking about like current stuff that was going on that although a lot of people were talking about it, it was something that something that we could also like bring some insight on and talk about it from different views instead of just, you know, trying to trying to like push one way or the other. And we also talked about the spread of avian flu Mm -hmm. and how that's starting to impact the Midwest. And I have so my mom bought like a like a Peeps gingerbread house. I don't know where she found it, but it came like it is like a little gingerbread house chicken coop. So she was putting it together. (laughs) She sent me a picture, and she was like, "Almost done, but I hope none of them get the flu." (laughs) (laughs) So what were what were some other things you guys had learned through the podcast? I learned not to absolutely hate my voice after being recorded. That was something I had to learn to get over when we first started recording. I did not like listening to it when we played back. And so editing was hard for me to do, but I eventually got over it. And we would listen to the episode in the station when it aired at the beginning when we were doing season one and two. Just realizing that this is a platform for me to educate people It doesn't matter what I think I sound like. It's how I sound to others. So being professional, being educated, knowing my sources, being able to show them that I know what I'm talking about really helped me get over that. I guess I am less ag background than the two of you. Like I know the basic stuff, but I always feel like I learned something new, especially since you guys have different experiences from me and everyone we talk to has different experiences. I just like learning about like what people have done in their lives and just ag stuff that I didn't know about. Even doing current events, it always seems like we learn something new. So Yeah, I I really enjoyed learning more about agriculture because like here we don't really have to take ag classes or our ag comm degree. I kind of missed that from Northeast because I am a big like ag person and being able to like learn more about it through um, current events and then talking with those ag professionals and teachers here on campus and in our community it was was really cool I guess and then learning how to better communicate with people like through email and just asking questions um, during those interviews because that was something difficult because like we would obviously make a list before but knowing that you can also ask questions that you think of there Mm -hmm. and like during the interview you can ask those as well or just letting that person that you're interviewing like talk just being like is there anything else you want to add or anything you want to talk about that was also something that was like important to note I guess for me there's a lot of the times where I'll that's where I end with my list of questions is is there anything you'd like to add or did I forget anything and if they do want to add something or I didn't touch upon something they really would like to talk about they have a lot to talk about after that question because it's really opening up the conversation even more all of our questions try to be an open open question open-ended open-ended question and so just being able to give them even a further range of openness to talk about whatever they think would be important to share with our listeners so i actually did mock trial in high school and so of course like for that you have questions and you want 
a specific answer out of those questions no matter which side that you're on and so just like going from that type of thing like obviously there's certain questions that I would like a certain answer to but then at the end being able to say okay what like what can you bring to the table because obviously with this I don't have an agenda whereas in mock trial like I obviously have a lot more of an agenda here I'm just trying to be like okay what do you know I want you to talk about these specific topics but then otherwise do you have any perspectives do you have any opinions anything like that because I think that really opens up some new perspectives that maybe you weren't gunning for in the first place but can be really helpful to the conversation that was definitely another thing being open to the other opinion um especially when we you know talked about ag gag laws and what was the other one? Oh, the right to repair those were topics that i am very opinionated about but it was also something that i had to be aware that you i need to I, well, it was also something that i needed to like I need to look at the other side and I need to like see why these companies feel this way or why these um, animal activists feel this way because it it might not have changed my opinion, but I have a better perspective of Mm -hmm. that topic. What are your guys' like future plans? Are we are we gonna continue the podcast, guys? You can't <laughs> see this, but my mouth is just open. I knew she was gonna bring this up. <laughs> and I knew my answer was the first one was what are your future plans? As of right now, I do not have any. I'm gonna graduate <laughs> Whitney and just then does I'll figure not out. have a future. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Out. I said I was kidding. <laughs> but I know Dr. Hearn has always said we should continue our podcast. I think we should. It's just the matter of fact, our schedules going forward and getting the equipment. equipment because we're on three different sides of the state. And so having the equipment to record, but also edit is going to be our main feat to get over. Yeah, that, that the editing part, like it it would still be okay because like if we're recording Zoom or whatever we're doing, probably not necessarily Zoom, but um, recording our audio separately or whatever, that would be like one of the hardest parts is learning, you know, how to splice that and stuff. I am looking for an internship right now so I can graduate away in August. And then after that, I will try to get a job close to like the Lincoln area. And then after that, I will be so happy and just do all these cool things and it'll be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that clear, I do. Um, so I have an internship planned for this summer but then after that internship hopefully I get a job as far as where I want to work after I would love to still work in extension and I still love doing social media um, and like website and stuff like that I really do enjoy working with audio and recording and talking with people for podcasts and stuff but it's just hard to find something in northeast Nebraska that is open you know, because most people that are in ag broadcasting are there for, you know, 20 years or so. So that's really difficult to look for an opening or just looking for something that is ag communications based in the Northeast. And I really would like to stay around this area or at least within an hour or two, you know, but sometimes that's hard, hard to get. Yeah, I opened up my job search into Kansas and Iowa and I was talking to my sister last night. And I was just like, yeah, I'd like to do this and this and this. And she's like, well, have you thought of this? And I was like, yes, but not really interested. And so trying to find what kind of job titles to look for has been... That's been the hardest part. Yeah. 
is like most people don't don't advertise the job as agriculture communications, but it could fit into agriculture communications. And so you have to look at like what they're requesting and then email them or send your resume and be like, hey, uh, I'm in agriculture communications. I know that's not the degree you require, but it's going to be kind of more fit. Because yeah. mm-hmm. you guys are into like the techie stuff. I like more like the PR stuff with like writing and just like like face-to-face communications because you know me I'm a planner I like to make my lists yeah I like to talk to people I'm not yeah I always I'm like Agnes how do I do this on my computer (laughs) (laughs) I try I I try three times and then I go ask Agnes (laughs) that's the rule right (laughs) I try it myself if I can't figure it out yeah but I like putting together like stuff on Canva I think that's I think that's good but I'm not I'm not super super techie but I made a website all by myself though I was very proud of that I would I worked so hard on it and I think it turned out pretty spiffy if I do say so myself is that for is that for portfolio yeah I need to finish mine but I just started mine well I restarted mine I should say some some of my stuff is on a USB drive at home <gasps> so I gotta go home and get it but that's okay Hypothetical question. Uh-oh. Don't say uh-oh. <laughs> it's going to make it sound bad. Not all hypotheticals <laughs> are bad. Okay, hypothetically, if we did continue acknowledge, what would some of the topics you would like to look at? I'm going to steal yours because I already know yours. Okay. And it's to talk about the farmer story. Yeah. That's something that I would love to do is just go around the state or even everywhere and just ask farmers and be like, tell me your story yeah because articles are fun to write and stuff and but you can only do so many at a time y'all are going for the oral history yeah yeah i love history love seeing where we've been to know where to go if that makes sense Mm -hmm. you gotta Um, learn from the past and you know history repeats itself constantly and just seeing patterns and stuff like that even though i don't like math i like seeing patterns because they're recognizable right or most times patterns are recognizable but um i definitely would love to just go around and ask people like tell me your farm story how did your family get started in farming going to nursing homes and asking those 80 90 year old people and being like tell me something that you've learned through your work on the farm kind of thing but that is definitely something I would like to do. It's just that is you have to either you're going to make that like your sole job of podcasting, which I would love to do. But working for like a magazine or something even or not a magazine necessarily, but um, like those uh, farm and ranch magazines and going around and because they do often go and ask people like, what's your farm history kind of thing. So I think that would be really cool too. Now that Agnes stole mine, how about you, Claire? <laughs> I usually say three to five business days for me to come up with ideas, don't I? (laughs) (laughs) I think it would be really cool if we could, like, find someone for, like, find, like, a horse person, find a cattle person, find a dairy cow person, find, like, one person from each specific, like, I don't know. Ag industry? Yeah, exactly. And then, like, kind of dive really deep into that specific industry and kind of the ins and outs of it. Because I think that would be cool just to know the specific stuff. Because, like, obviously the basics we kind of got down and you can research the basics. But there's some things, like, you just don't know unless you know, you know? Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, no, I get that. Like That's... all the unspoken rules of that. Yeah, industry. exactly. Okay. Yeah, that'd be really cool too. Especially if you were to just like focus on like one in this region, one in this region kind of thing. Because farming, even from like a lot of like beef producers, there's you have your dry feed lots and then you have your confinement uh, feed lots. And just seeing how those two are different. Yeah, and how they how their production and management styles are different mm-hmm. would be really interesting to to yeah. talk to. Because that kind of goes along with your thing, but it's also a little bit different of a perspective on it, I guess. Yeah. So I'd like to do some research on like mental health of the veterinary field because that is something we need to look into because vets have such a high suicide rate and. As our population is aging, we need to have new vets come into our area because there's so few and far between in Nebraska. So a vet might cover like four to five towns. They usually cover almost two to three counties around here. I mean, we have one, two, uh, three, I think three uh, in the Tri-County area up here. And they are for large animals specifically that work like our on farm calls or three or four one of them and they cover so many different animals because if they're going to the farm they might be working on a horse but then the farmer might be like hey my dog needs shots will you give it to him and so they're multitasking multitasking they're they're taking care of so many different animals in so many different counties i think it'd be interesting to see how their practices differ because like some people have you know, the farm truck that is full of all of their equipment that they might need compared to, like, the small animal vet that, um... Just coordinates they out have, of their office. Yeah, they have so many things coming in and out of their office mm-hmm. versus going to so many different farms. If there's one person or one thing that you could, like, go back for the podcast and either interview or talk about, what would it be? Because I know, like, like some topics we've hit, like, multiple times just because maybe there's a new current event about it or mm-hmm. we felt like we didn't cover it very, like, thorough, so we went over it again, but... I would say um, for the irrigation water management, I had wanted to interview someone for that, and it kind of fell through. Um, so I just think that being able to get, like, an expert opinion on that would have really been helpful, so that's definitely what I would kind of go back and redo. I would have loved to find a couple farmers or people that work with, like, Farm Safety Day and that organization that usually puts it on at, like, high schools and have them come and talk to us about the other side of farm safety because we really focused on our experiences with uh, putting on, like, a Farm Safety Day in our high schools and just generalized farm safety but having like an expert here and talking about the other aspects we might not have covered and some statistics that they've seen and just how the population new farmers versus seasoned farmers and what kind of accidents tend to happen both of those populations that would have been my change if I could have done something I think I would have loved to go more into like GMOs and food labels and stuff. Um, I think I had talked to Cindy Bryson Mm -hmm. and she's a UNL extension nutritionist and works with like the food part of the extension down at Lincoln. But I would have loved to talk to maybe a scientist or a bioengineer or somebody like that that could talk more about GMOs 
I also, um, I'm doing two papers this semester about commercials of food or plant-based marketers. And I would have loved to like have those papers done and just like continue to rant um, about it. I think that would be kind of cool to like talk to someone who I've obviously this is very slim to no chance, but it would be cool to just like talk to the people who kind of made it and just get kind of get that like opposite perspective because obviously you're very strong opinion and there's yes. some very like if you've I've seen the video because I saw Agnes do a presentation on it, but there's just some like very there's just some symbolism that's like very much has a negative connotation to it. And so I just wonder if like the people who made it understand the mess, like, you know what I mean? Like understand the implications of what they're saying and like how that's kind of negative. You know what I mean? Like just like what they know about it and kind of why they did it the way they did. Yeah. And I, and I have to keep telling myself like during one of my papers, because I'm talking about specifically propaganda with plant-based food marketers and I have to keep telling myself like these are choices I'm not trying to tell someone that they can't choose that they can't they they don't have to not eat that way it's just being aware of those negative negative connotations that they're seeing like not saying it's I think you're trying to mean like not saying that it's either bad or good but just the way they're advertising it is a little bit questionable because it's very much like putting one side down and in, in a very negative and kind of deceitful way almost. Right. And then that's not really ethically sound to make a decision based off of. Yeah. And and the commercial Claire was talking about was it's a old Chipotle commercial, but oh it's cultivating it's, it's cultivating a better world's campaign yep. by Chipotle. And Chipotle's not plant based at all, but they try to how do I say this without going against what my paper is saying? <laughs> Um, they're trying to say that they're choosing a more sustainable food item from the market. And I just, a lot of the patterns that I keep seeing is no one's really citing where they're getting their information from, um, especially in other food commercials. It's just kind of exaggerated stereotypes. And, and we see those stereotypes pushed all the time. It's just, it's difficult to be like to correct a negative that's been pushed for so long. And I think that's one of the harder parts about ag communications and advocacy right now, because there's such a strong negative connotation around certain aspects of agriculture that it's hard to, hard to inform someone the opposite. But the other thing about that is that's why we also say advocacy and education, because if you don't have like a base knowledge for anything you can't really you can't really pick that stuff out and say I don't think that's right like you're just going to take it at face value because you don't know any different yeah and so I think that's why we also say education is really important and we want ag literacy in schools and everything because it's so important to know where your food comes from so you can make informed decisions about that stuff yeah whether like if you want to be vegan that's fine. That's great. That's awesome. But you also shouldn't, you shouldn't be, be that way just because someone was like, oh, this is horrible for this and this and this and not really like know the facts behind it. Yeah. And you have the, the assumption of a negative, right? Because you see packages that say non-GMO. Well, that's it's kind of telling you that GMO is bad, right? Yes. Because they're not labeling it. So it must be bad. And 
and that's one of the things that I I kind of wanted to like unpack unpack yeah because they're not they're not putting it on there to like well (laughs) I was gonna say scare you into buying their product but that's that's part of fear-based marketing is uh, trying to and I mean, convince you to buy their Yeah, product. I mean, non-GMO doesn't sound like anything scary. But again, in the back of your head, it's going, why does it say non-GMO? That means GMOs must be bad. So it's like, even though you're maybe not consciously thinking about it, your brain is putting those implications together. Yeah. I said at the at the conference and in the, in the proposal for my paper, I'm not trying to tell you to not choose because... It's like Cindy Bryson said, it's good that we have these choices and it's and it's something that are always going to be there because people should have the choice. Um, it's just that if we're choosing because we were misinformed, that's not right. And it's not right that they were misinformed in the first place. But like Claire said, we try and try and ed- and advocate and educate because those are two very important mm-hmm. things. And I know like being vegetarian or vegan is really good for some people especially if they have really bad food allergies and stuff like that because then that's kind of mitigates some of those yeah. dangerous well, things and some but... people can be allergic to red meat so like yeah it's exactly something we need to have those dietary the dietary education i guess out mm-hmm. there even nutrition wise some people think that only eating meat is great and it's like well <laughs> well um Maybe looking at serving sizes and like the scientific studies and nutrition studies and stuff like that or, you know, going to your doctor and asking and stuff like that. Just like everything you eat, you have to eat in moderation. Mm -hmm. You can't have, for example, you can't have just carbs or just meat or just fruits and vegetables. Because it's not a balanced diet. Yeah, Yeah. you're not going to get everything that you need out of it. Like you said, it's moderation and servings because 12 ounces of beef probably isn't great. Just understanding like some people cannot have eight ounces of beef because that's their whole meal then. Like they're not going to get other nutritious parts of the meal because they're full off of off of a delicious t-bone steak. You know, (laughs) I do love steak, but I cannot eat that much of it because it's it's very filling and it's like well i want some salad too and i want some rice and i want some fruit and i just i love steak but i can't eat all the time and also along with that my family sometimes makes fun of me because like sometimes i'm just not hungry for meat like it just doesn't sound good or whatever and so they're like oh what are you vegan you're vegetarian now and it's like ha 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 it's called a choice i'm just not hungry for it <laughs> like like that's different and so next time my brother or my dad doesn't take vegetables, I'm going to be like, what, are you afraid of vegetables now? <laughs> are you a carnivore? They might kill you. <laughs> Another thing I would like to have explored was the LGBTQ community in ag. That's something I'm very, I'm an advocate for and just something I'm very interested in. I've written several papers over the community in general and One of my papers I'm writing this semester is focused on that and then film representation. So being able to find a community and like interview a couple of people and see what kind of experiences they've had in the different, uh, not populations, but different age groups and how that differs. So someone that's maybe like 60, 70 years old compared to someone in their 40s or compared to someone in their 20s. Yeah, I mean, I did a paper last year, or not last year, last semester, about uh, gendered stereotypes and language of 
women in agriculture. And that that was something I was I was really interested in because once I got into it, I was like, oh, I wouldn't I didn't even think of that as being like a stereotype just because you get so used to it almost it's so ingrained in our society yeah or like even phrases or certain words and the way people will respond to those words or the connotations around them was something that was it was very interesting to look into that is very sciencey though <laughs> and i i do love science but it and i do and kind of enjoy researching those topics it's just something that would take a very long time um, it would be an interesting, like, thesis statement or a thesis for, like, a, a, a research PhD study. or, yeah, for a research study or something. But You can do that when you get your master's degree, Agnes. <laughs> oh, Claire. If only um, someone would pay for my master's degree. Exactly. I, I do love education. That was, I do love learning. That's kind of one of the hardest parts is because, like, we've been doing this for, like, 16 years, 17 years. Or I have, anyway. You guys yeah. are... I'm only... A year below me. Yeah. <laughs> We're the same age, but a year in education-wise. Um, I'm not the same age. <laughs> yeah, Claire is 20. <laughs> She's a year you're younger than us. But that that's one of the harder parts. Is like I'm so used to going to class every day, having a schedule. And, and I mean, I'll still have that at a job. But taking my taking my own initiative to learn something, taking time out of my day to sit down and look up current events in agriculture or reading a new book. Speaking of history, it would be kind of cool to do like the history of ag globally. Yeah. That would be a cool series, wouldn't it? That would. That would be so cool, Claire. Now you just keep putting ideas in my head. <laughs> See, I'm the planner. I'm good at this stuff. <laughs> it almost sounds like we got another season under our belt to do. I know, we've talked about all these ideas, and now it's something we I want to do, but I'm going to have to buy all of this stuff so I can do it, you know? Bite the bullet, buy a mic. Oh, man, there's so many choices out there for that. I know. You could just get, like, a $50 one and be set for a couple years. That's true. Well, I guess there's there's free um, audio um, editors. editors out there that Audition. I can work on. Oh, what Audition is, what's is what the one use? that I have? Audacity. Okay. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Those are definitely topics that... Also, our Instagram, we can always continue to post on there. Oh, yeah. Definitely yeah. not something we're going to let down. Look what die. I'm doing. Yeah, that would be cool for, like, um, just current events and little updates on everybody. So mm -hmm. I know that we tried to do that over this last summer. We all kind of tried to post at least once or twice mm -hmm. just about how our summer was going. So that I was think kind I posted of about our California trip I took. Yeah. And just I, the difference between nebraska agriculture where you just like see corn and soybeans versus california where it was a bunch of vineyards and olive farms very cool and i was like also thinking it'd be a really cool job to work at a vineyard it'd be very interesting i mean i mean there are some vineyards around here but not to the scale that california has yeah. or that i've seen in my grand adventures across nebraska <laughs> yeah, I live right next to a couple of vineyards, and like James Arthur is pretty big in Nebraska. There's one in in Harding. Is it in Harrington? It's near Harrington. I don't know if it's it's in Cedar County yet. But I think I've been to like three. I have not been to any wineries. Claire is not allowed in. <laughs> I'm so ready for summer just for our garden. 
We got strawberries and we got rhubarb and a bunch of other stuff. Can't wait for some radishes out of the garden. I wish we still had our Claire doesn't rad- like <laughs> radishes. She just made the like disgust phase. That's okay. I don't like radishes. Uh, you know either. what? You know what? I I we grew radishes one time in my ag class in high school and I ate those and they were good, but I just I don't know cuz some of them are just like some of know, them are hot. Yeah. And I think like, they're sour. I think your radishes were fermented. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're not, not supposed like they to taste sour. They're like bitter. Yes, they can be like spicy. Yeah. Nah, it wasn't like it should make your mouth feel like it's on fire, not puckered. I'm, Maybe I'll have to try I'm betting again. they were like beginning to bolt and you ate crazy. <laughs> Just a bad one. Yep. Yeah. I'll have to try them again then. Yeah, they're not supposed to be bitter. I don't know. <laughs> um, you know um, what's the best roasted vegetable ever? Zucchini. No, there's two best actually, and zucchini's <laughs> not one of them. <laughs> Which one? Asparagus mm, pops off in Brussels sprouts. I've mm. never had a Brussels sprout. <gasps> they're so good. But you have to roast them right. Like, if they're soggy, then it's like, Ugh. but they have to be, like, crispy, then they're delicious. I've seen a couple recipes um, with, like, balsamic vinegar and garlic. Yes, that's vinegar. the way to go. And, like, they look delicious, but I've never oh, had one, good. so I don't oh, know. Oh, they're good. But I used to pick Worth asparagus. It. And I don't care for it fresh or pickled. Uh, well, ugh. I've not pickled tried is gross though, unless it's pickles. Am I right? You are correct. Asparagus um, is good with like olive oil and salt, and then like in a pan. That's I how my grandma makes it. It pops off. Someone tell me that pickled zucchini. If you pickle it like a cucumber, like a like dill, yeah, like, that it tastes the same. Really? So I I might have to try that. Um, because zucchini is everywhere. Interesting. What other stuff are you guys looking forward to this summer with your gardens? Always a fan of uh, potatoes. Mm, um, fresh potatoes from the garden, like the little baby ones where you just got to boil them and then just like... See, those... They're like a half dollar to a quarter yeah, size. Yeah. We throw those in with our roast. Mm. Um, or I'll boil them and... Like with leave the peel and everything and just yeah. smush them up. Yeah, that's what we do. Just make some potato them. cake kind of things. Yeah, I am looking forward to visiting my dear grandmother, who I love very much, and helping her with her garden, and then picking sugar snap peas and green beans and eating so many of them because they're the best. So it's a good day when you go home with a pile of green beans on your front seat. So good. Last year. Absolutely I- delicious. <laughs> I don't know why you're rejecting this. You have horrible taste, obviously. I don't like green beans, and I absolutely hate peas. They're hate. Green beans are, like, fresh green beans are fun because they're, like, a little bit fuzzy on the outside, yeah, you yeah. know? Ew. It's so good, though, because you feel like a cat because, you know, it's, like, a little bit fuzzy, so it kind of, like, catches on your tongue a little bit. It would be like eating a caterpillar. It's a not. Caterpillar. It's not like oh. that fuzzy though. No. And you have to get like it's the like peach thi- fuzz. Yeah. I know what they feel like. It's just in my mind. I just. <laughs> uh. um, okay. Well, that's gonna wrap up this week's podcast. It's gonna wrap up this season. Thanks for listening. You know, it's Thank been you. it's been three semesters for us, a year and a half of producing this podcast, and I've had a blast with these two just talking about agriculture. Me too. Claire didn't. This. She Claire didn't. She didn't jump on something. Thing. She jumped off our train. <laughs> She's speechless. I was just gonna say, 
I I was agreeing silently in my head so as to not interrupt Agnes. <laughs> um, but thank but, you. But seriously, thank you to um, everyone that's listened. And thank you to the radio station here, uh, KWSC, for giving us this opportunity to fulfill our goals, you know, with our with the Ag Knowledge podcast. So, but thanks for listening. Thank you for all the support and... You can always listen to us on Spotify, where you can listen to our old podcasts and stuff. And you can also, you know, check out our Instagram at AgKnowledge. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of AgKnowledge. This podcast was created by Agnes Kurtzels, Claire Horning, and Whitney Winter as part of Radio Production Workshop at Wayne State College. Listen to KWSC 91.9 The Cat on the TuneIn app. Previous episodes can be found on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. New episodes are released on Fridays to these and other platforms. Music is Surf Day by Marcos H. Blanos, found on freemusicarchives.org. The song was edited for the use of this podcast.